Shri Vishnu Sahasranama, name 812, is Mahanidhi. Nidhi can mean an abode or a receptacle or a reservoir. Usually it's taken to mean a treasure and Maha means great. So the Supreme Personality of Godhead is Mahanidhi. He is a great treasure. When people get a treasure, if they, they come across a treasure, they feel very excited, elated. Uh, stories of treasure hunting that we grew up as children reading Robert Louis Stevenson, Treasure Island, uh, and then all the troubles that come in the material world when there are different people trying to get the same kind of treasure. Krishna is such a great treasure, and those who want to attain him, they're not in competition. He's unlimited, and devotees, rather than being in competition to get him, they take great pleasure in sharing their talks, their realizations about him, Madhita Madgata. Madhita Madgata Prana Bodhayanta Parasparam Great devotees, they what is the definition of great devotee? Madhita Madgata Prana. Those in whose minds Krishna is always treasured, whose life has gone to him. That's the literal meaning of Madgata Prana. And such devotees among themselves, they converse about Krishna. They, they enliven and enlighten each other with their realizations of Krishna. And in this way, they're always very happy and satisfied with the mutually shared and ever-increasing treasure of Krishna. And even if we think, well, I, I got this treasure, so I don't want to share it with others, but it's more than we can, it's more than we can handle. As Srila Prabhupada would quote his father as saying is that you only have two hands and God has ten hands, so if God wants to take away from you, you can't do anything about it, and if he wants to give to you, how much can you take? It's a, it's a simple, folksy analogy, but it gives the idea of the great treasure that Krishna can give us, and of course the great treasure that he gives us is himself, and love of himself. We can understand how much the importance of Krishna being a treasure is in this Vishnu Sahasranam by the fact that already we've had the names Abhyaya Nidhi, Apam Nidhi, Ambho Nidhi, Sri Nidhi, and Dhanya. Dhanya means one who is wealthy. Krishna is Akinchandhan. He is the wealth for those who don't aspire for any other kind of wealth or any other kind of opulence in this world. Na dhanam na janam na sundarim. 
Kavitam ba jagadish akamaye. Lord Chaitanya teaches us to pray. I don't want wealth. I don't want followers. I don't want beautiful women. I don't want to be a great intellectual. Just I want you, Krishna. And the f the first meaning that we get from Parashra Bhatta in his analysis of this name Mahanidhi is that Krishna has a great treasure, not that he is a great treasure, but he has a great treasure in the form of his devotees. So he is one who possesses great treasure. In the previous name, we heard one of the explanations of the name Mahabhuta is that one who has got great personalities as his devotees, Vyas, Parashara, Shugadev, the Alavas, the Acharyas, and so many others. And Krishna sees them as his great treasure. When someone prays to Krishna, Krishna, he's delighted as if it never happened before. Because for Krishna, there's no time and it's always a new experience for him. So when Krishna, someone prays to him or someone praises him, as does Vyas and Shukadev, Krishna feels extremely delighted as if he just found some great treasure, which it is. Uh, Krishna is very, very happy with his devotees. And even when we're not on the platform of Shukdev, Vyasadev, but in our own little way, if we simply try to please Krishna, he becomes, in his own estimation, more wealthy. As we learn from the story of the completely indigent Sudama, who offered a little unpalatable food to Krishna. Not, not the food, definitely not the kind of food you'd give to the rich prince, uh, fabulously rich prince of Dwarka, Dwarka Dish, Krishna. You don't go to a, what do you give to a very rich person? You don't give the kind of food that even a poor man would turn his nose up to. But Sudama not having anything else and being naive maybe offered that to Krishna. He didn't want, well, not naive because he didn't want to offer it. He thought this isn't fit for Krishna, but Krishna grabbed it because of the love with which it was offered. So Krishna thought this is a great treasure. Oh, this is really, mm, really palatable. <laughs> because it's offered with love. And uh, in that section of the Bhagavatam where Sudama in Rukmini's palace has had the chipped rice forcefully taken from him by Krishna who's munching on it, then we find Krishna explaining uh, to Rukmini and others who are astonished, why is Krishna eating this? Krishna says, 
same verses he says in Bhagavad Gita. Patrang pushprang palam tauyam yome bhaktya prayachati tadaham bhakti upaharitam ashnami prayatanvana. If one offers me with love and devotion a leaf, a flower, fruit, or water, I will accept it. And we understand from this incident with Sudama that Krishna, it's just not, no, he said, okay, okay. It's just like some officer in a, in a, some government institution. Okay, all right, we accept it. Okay, okay. But he accepts it with great relish as a great treasure. And even though Dwaraka Dish was living in such opulence in Dwaraka, fabulous, we can't even imagine. We can hear the descriptions. Ah, uh, but for all of his treasure, he took as great, more treasure, the simple love of his socially nowhere devotee, Sudama. So this is the treasure that Krishna is looking for. In this material world, a rich man may have so many things, but he doesn't have love. Krishna knows he lives in opulence, but the, what's really important for him is love. The love that he shares with his devotees and they share with him, which is why the, the Vrajalila exceeds even that of Vaikuntha, Ayodhya, even Dwarka and Mathura, because in the land of Vrindavan, the treasure that everyone relishes is love of Krishna. Krishna is the focal point of that love. Uh, therefore, he is Mahanidhi in the eyes of his devotees. In this world, for a mother, the child is her treasure. And we see that not only among humans, but even cows, even dogs and cats. And if Srila Prabhupada said that the, the mother's love for her child is the closest to that of pure spiritual love, selfless love. But if we can see that a mother in this world loves her child, considers the child to be just like her treasure, the child is more important to her than any amount of money, then what is the, what is the feeling of Mother Yashoda for Krishna? And what, what did she feel like when she, when she got this child? So long she didn't have a child, and then Krishna. And everyone was happy. Everyone in Vrindavan was happy that now our queen, Yashoda, she has a child. And what a child. Everyone's heart went out to Krishna. They, they, it was a treasure not only for Nanda and Yashoda, but for all the inhabitants of Vrindavan. And just like parents, they know when they have a child, especially their first child, their whole life, it just changes in so many ways and there's so many added difficulties to their life but 
for them it's a great pleasure to they'd rather have the the difficulty of being wake, woken up in the night with the child screaming <laughs> so many difficulties like that uh, for them difficult yes but the pleasure of of having their child it far outweighs the more peaceful life of not having a child and this is the pervert in this material world is perverted reflection of the spiritual world so we can hardly imagine what is the the love that yashoda feels for krishna treasure came in her life otherwise she was already the being the wife of the king of the cowherds of Vrindavan, she was already the possessor of, of great riches, opulence in the form of so many cows and, and so many other things they had. But the real treasure came in their life as Krishna. So Mahanidhi, he who has great treasure and he, in the form of his devotees and he who is a great treasure for his devotees. And this treasure is such that devotees can take as much as they like. Uh, they're never satisfied. They can hear about him, chant about him, serve him in his deity form, preach his glories. Uh, they, can, they can loot this treasure to their heart's content. And there will be more and more and more. There's, it's a, it's a, a never-ending treasure. The treasure who is Krishna. Shankaracharya gives the idea that he is the reservoir, the, the, the receptacle in which all living beings enter all living beings and all the Mahabhutas also we had yesterday the name Mahabhuta all the all the elements enter into him at the time of the devastation of the universe uh, Satyadeva Vashishta gives the idea of him being a receptacle that even during the manifestation of the universe also everything resides in him everything comes from him Everything dwells in him. Everything ultimately goes back to him. Yatova imani bhutani. Bhutani, hear that word. Yatova imani bhutani jayante. He from whom everything comes into being. Yena jatani jayante. Yat prayatabhi sangvishanti from whom everything comes, in whom everything exists, yena jatani jivanti, and into whom everything ultimately enters. Baladev Vidyabhushan gives the idea of treasure, that people get treasure in this world, and they get riches, and they get position and power by... His grace, by his favor, he quotes from the Bhagavatam. Shukadev speaking with respect to Akrura. Akrura. Akrura was so happy coming to Vrindavan to see Krishna. He was sent on what was 
actually in an evil mission, uh, at least Kangsa's motivation was evil to bring Krishna so that we to Mathura so that we can kill him. And Akrura knew that, but he also knew, knew that Krishna was unkillable. But as far as Akrura was concerned, he was so happy just to have the opportunity to go to see Krishna and to be in the presence of Krishna. And he expressed this and having Shukadeva, having described Akrura's expressing his delight at the opportunity to see Krishna and be with Krishna, Shukadeva commented, Kimalabhyang Bhagavati Prasanne Sri Niketane. What is there which is unobtainable for someone who is favored by the Supreme Lord, who is, after all, Sri Niketana, the abode of the goddess of fortune, the all-good all fortune? And that verse continues, Tatapi nahi vanchanti kinchana. However, Shukadev says, to Rajan, to Parikshit, those who are attached to Krishna in love, they never desire anything from him. You can get anything from Krishna. If he's pleased with you, you can get anything from him. But those who are attached to him, they don't want anything but him. So, he is the one who has treasure and wealth absolutely beyond our imagination. In this world, we look up to wealthy people, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, George Soros and others. But he himself possesses riches far more, far, far more than any zillionaire of this world. And he himself is the source of all that treasure and he possesses everything. And it, his treasure is everything. All that is to be treasured is his, but he particularly treasures that he, he finds precious. He has everything. When you have everything, then how much importance do you attach to all the gold and the jewels? Even in India, there, there was related about the Nizam of Hyderabad. This is in the 1940s at the time of India's independence from Britain and the Nizam of Hyderabad, who was the most wealthy man in the world at the time, uh, he didn't want to go along and join United India. He wanted to remain separate. And it was described about him. He had, he had rooms full. He had a huge palace and he had rooms full of piles of gems. And he'd just you know, he'd walk from one room to another. There'd be piles of gems, which would one room would be more than the 
GDP of most countries in the world. Uh, he'd just walk from one room to another and just not even notice them. <laughs> so with Krishna, when you have so much wealth, what, what was most... He may, he may not even notice yeah, so, much, so many fabulous things, but he's, what he finds precious what is the devotees who love him. Which doesn't mean that we shouldn't worship Krishna opulently. In the description in Chaitanya Charitamrita of deity worship in Vrindavan at the time just after Chaitanya, well, Chaitanya Charitamrita was written some, you know, more than 50 years after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's disappearance. So, so well, anyway, the, the word used is Raj Seva. Krishna is worshipped in the temple just like a king. And how a king is worshipped, oh, it's... Nowadays, you won't find anywhere how a king is served. The kings of India, they, they were served in such a way. You, you can't imagine. It's, we hear about the kings having so many servants, and you may wonder, well, what do they all do? Well, just to take his bath in the morning, the king, so many, maybe hundreds of herbs have to be gathered and processed and in, in the right quantities, in, in, in the different stages of his bathing, and the herbs, are they're put in the water, steeped in the water. It's a whole science how to make his bath water and at the right temperature, and then there'll be made, made servants also for drying him off. And, and just for him to take baths in the morning, is, is a major operation, taking dozens of people. And that's just his early morning bath. And the whole day goes on like that. So to so it, it, we, it's not that we shouldn't worship Krishna in opulence. We should worship him in great opulence. But it is the love, the love that he treasures. And from all accounts, the Nizam of Hyderabad, he had so much wealth but no love. No love. He was a miser. He, he didn't even enjoy himself, so to speak, nor give out charity. He was just a miser. Misers are the most, the wealth, misers are wealthy people who are the most miserable people in the world with all their wealth. They're always afraid someone will take it away. Krishna, he's not afraid someone will take away his wealth. He gives all the time, lavishly. He's not afraid of losing everything. His treasure house is infinite and inexhaustible. And all, all that is great and valuable in this world is just a little reflection of the great treasure of Krishna. And that belongs to Krishna. Yat yat vibhuti mat sadvam srimad urjitam evava tattadeva vagachatvam mama tejangsha sambhavam. Krishna says that whatever fabulous things we see in this world is just a, just comes into being out of a little spark of my opulence. 
So he himself is the great treasure worshipped by devoted, saintly people. Even the greatest of the gods, they rely on him for their power and opulence and protection and support. And we hear about that rooms full of gems. There's been so many wealthy people in the world, fabulously wealthy, come and gone. They've come and gone in the course of history. Their names are not known. Wealthy empires, many of the great empires of the world, even in this in the last few thousand years, they're, they're hardly even heard about or known. How many people know about the Carthaginian Empire? Uh, Maybe you heard the word Carthage, and there's not even that city doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> but from the point of view of Krishna, all the wealth of this little planet, if we're talking in terms of gems and ah, gold and all this, it's all insignificant. The earth, after all, is only one little planet in a huge universe, and it's only one. This universe is only one of countless universes in the material creation, which is just a, a tiny cloudy, tiny spot within the Brahma Jyoti, in which there are countless spiritual planets, and the, the spiritual planets operate on a level of opulence altogether greater than even can be imagined in this world. And it all comes from Krishna. The Brahma Jyoti in which all the planets exist, that is simply an emanation from the body of Krishna. The, the great spiritualists having left everything of this world, they, they desire to merge into the effulgence of the Brahma Jyoti, but that's that's not his real opulence. Even the, even the spiritual wealth of, of the, the gold and the, the pearls and the, the ivory and of the spiritual planets, which is beyond our imagination, that's not his real wealth. We can go on talking about it and be fascinated by it. Arjuna saw it all in the universal form, at least everything within the material world, all the wealth and opulence. Total wealth means he owns and contains everything. Aishvaryasya samagrasya. Just let's try and talk about wealth and treasure. It all belongs to him. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches nadhanam. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches that although people of this world are very concerned with wealth, that it's more important to be f spiritually fulfilled than to be externally rich, internally rich, rather than some bombastic external show. Even, uh, even one doesn't have to be exactly a spiritualist to understand this. Uh, many, 
at least in India, many people used to understand that more important than money is the love and relationship within our family. They used to understand this, that we, we're not going to sell off our family simply for money. Maybe those days are largely gone now. That money is all important. <laughs> they take money to be treasure. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches that the real wealth is Krishna. Prem don bina better daridra jivan. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, what is our poor, insignificant life? Without the wealth of love of Krishna, it's all useless and meaningless. Even in our endeavors in Krishna consciousness, we are trying to have big temples, big achievements. But we should know that having opulent temples and even having many disciples, big titles, that's not the treasure that we're after. It's not in and of itself our aim. We can have big, we should have big temples, but for the glorification of Krishna. It doesn't make us necessarily any better that we have so many titles and so many followers. And if we take that to be our treasure in life, that's a great obstruction in spiritual progress. Especially if it is equated with spiritual progress. If we think that someone has such a big position and is in charge of such big projects, therefore he must be spiritually advanced. Even to think like that is an obstruction in our spiritual progress. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches us not to aspire for any treasure on the material platform or even on the subtle, even within spiritual life, the subtle platform of thinking that now, yes, I, I'm overseeing so many things, therefore I must be very important. He teaches us not to seek the treasure, either gross or subtle, of this world, but to know which treasure is truly beneficial for us. And that is simply to love Krishna, Mahanidhi, the great treasure. And Krishna, he sees his devotees as his Mahanidhi, and he's known as Mahanidhi because he has so many loving devotees. So to love Krishna also means to see the great devotees and the great treasure in our life, to have association with devotees. And again, it doesn't have to be the big famous devotees. There are so many devotees who are very happy to every day chant Hare Krishna, join in the kirtan. They're happy to have Krishna as the treasure of their life. So we should also see Krishna, the great treasure, has given us the great treasure of 
association with devotees who are just happy to have Krishna as the treasure of their life. Vancha kalpa tarubhyas chakri parasindubhya evacha patita nam pavane bhyo vaishnave bhyo namo namaha dante nithaya chunakang padayane patya kritvaja He sadava sakala evivyaya durad goranga chandra charne kuratana adava parivadatu jano yatatata madana mukaro namaya vichare Hari rasa madira madati madam purnadharma nirvishama Hari Krishna Hari Krishna